Well, first of all, uh, thank you for uh, inviting me to, to share about uh, my experience with the Intersections Gallery. Um, I moved to Singapore for the second time in 2010, actually with, um, with my husband. Um, my uh, background is uh, an academic uh, background. Uh, I'm French and uh, for me, uh, culture and art has always been an important part uh, of my life and uh, actually to some extent uh, of my work. Uh, when I moved back to Singapore in 2010, to tell you the truth, uh, I had no idea of uh, what uh, I would be doing. But even if I'm the mother of four children, I'm also proud to say that I have never interrupted my personal career, even with the challenges, you know, of following my family, what I've been doing many times. Um, and which at the end of the day, of course, is enriching by the opportunity it gives. Uh, when I arrived in Singapore in 2010, uh, having left Singapore in 1996, uh, of course, what I noticed as someone interested in art and culture was the changes in the artistic scene. Um, no need to remind you that when I left in 1996, there was no Singapore Art Museum and there were many museums and places um, for art when, when, when I came back. So really, uh, I was uh, excited by uh, what I discovered uh, and uh, I just wanted to be part of something which was going on and I really wanted to, to contribute. Can, um, can you share, us, uh, share with us a little bit about uh, what you discovered then, you know, when you came back? What was oh, new for you? You know, I have, I have a very precise memory. Um, I think one of the first places I visited when I arrived was the, the Singapore Art Museum. And um, uh, there was a show. I think it was a video show. Actually, I'm not quite sure, but I remember very well a video by Dean Fiolet. Um, before moving to Singapore, uh, I had visited my children in, uh, in New York and uh, I had some time to spend at the MoMA. And completely coincidentally, um, I had um, have viewed, I had spent a lot of time uh, viewing some video art and I had viewed the same video by Dean Fiolet in New York. And Sincerely, I think mm, something is go is happening in Singapore now. It's exciting. I want to understand more. Uh, it's not the Singapore I knew when I left in 1996. I want to understand, and if, if it's possible, I want I want to to participate, to contribute. And then I almost immediately um, started registered uh, a company, uh, and it's this company which was not immediately the sections which uh, became intersections. And in the meantime, what did you do personally? I mean, before you started the gallery and running the gallery like full-time, right? 
I mean, we met each other uh, around 2011, 12, something yeah, like this. Yeah. And I met you as a docent at the Singapore Art Museum. And I, you know, in my mind, uh, that was when we had a lot of contact and then we spoke a lot about uh, artists from Myanmar in particular because that was really, you know, to me at that time, that was your point of interest and your place of interest. And how did that then develop into having an actual gallery? And or was that the reason? Was was Myanmar, you know, something special for you that you, know, you wanted to bring to Singapore and the rest of the world? Well, um, Myanmar was certainly something special for me. Uh, I have I had a chance to visit Myanmar for the first time in 1993, and it was certainly uh, a very strong uh, experience for me uh, at this time. Then, <clears throat> you know, um, I like uh, very much uh, uh, something which was said by uh, Larry Gagosian, which is a kind of uh, interesting saying, uh, I always do what, uh, what I see in front of me. Uh, so when I came back to Singapore, I was really impressed and surprised by the evolution in the art world. Uh, regarding Myanmar, 2011 is really the time when the country uh, went through tremendous changes in terms of uh, opportunity, uh, less censorship. Uh, it was easier to visit the country. And I visited the Myanmar for the third time in uh, 2011. And I went there really with the objective of uh, discovering the art scene. Uh, so I had prepared my trip and I tried to visit as many uh, art spaces as possible. And I mean, this was really, really a shock for me, a very positive shock. And I really thought there is something to do uh, because um, there is still uh, a lot which is unknown, which has to be, you know, shared, explained. Uh, and I know, I know a lot of people have been working with Myanmar before me. I don't pretend I'm the only one. Uh, but, uh, I really thought there was still an important contribution to have. And this is, uh, some, certainly something which encouraged me because, um, you know, you have to feel you can bring something when you start, uh, something as, um, I mean, any entrepreneurship, any new business, I mean, you, you have to feel you can bring something different. If it's to do better uh, what other people are doing, uh, I, I don't feel I can do necessarily better than other people. There are a lot of you know good people in this business, but there are still some uh, spaces to occupy. And what was it about the artists in Myanmar that kind of spoke to you as opposed to artists in other parts of Southeast Asia? Uh, I don't think it was something different. It was just that I was not uh, expecting this from uh, from artists in Myanmar because uh, because of the censorship, uh, and uh, I had uh, you know the usual uh, vision that uh, you have a lot of artists uh, creating beautiful uh, landscape, very skilled, doing uh, representing uh, um, religion, the Buddhist religion, and uh, monks and pagodas, and I really discovered something. Uh, completely different and actually quite uh, quite easily and uh, so I thought you know this was something, how, how does something that, to share. How does something like that then inspire you you know to have a dedicated space like a gallery I mean regardless of whether you're showing uh, 
Myanmar, artists from Myanmar or from Singapore or anywhere. But, you know, the path towards having a gallery business, you know, given your background as an academic and coming from France, especially, you know, living in Singapore, maybe, you know, you can share with us a little bit. So my first idea was actually to do some uh, pop-ups. Uh, I like very much the idea of uh, pop-ups because you can try to connect uh, a space uh, with uh, artist intention and with the meaning of the artworks. So I, I liked really the concept of the of the pop-ups. Um, I mean, again, I was not uh, the first one to have the idea of doing pop-ups in Singapore, but it was still something relatively uh, new, and I think it was worthwhile um, exploring. And uh, well, I think a space is necessary to really present. Uh, Works to really present artists. I think it's exciting for the artists to have a, a space to show their work. Uh, it has always been a, a wonderful experience with me when you know preparing a, an exhibition to see the, the, the energy uh, developed by the artists when they know they're working you know, for a project in a space. If they know the space, it's even better, of course, because you can have really uh, site-specific uh, artworks. And, uh, uh, well, um, a space is very important. There are many other, way, other ways to, to support artists by uh, writing, by uh, buying, by collecting. But uh, what I discovered, which I didn't know uh, as much when, uh, when I began with this project, is that to really promote artists, Having a space is something extremely important. Then having a permanent space is a different story. It's a, it's a longer journey, but um, yes. So you were really at that time doing pop-ups you do or you did regard yourself as a gallerist. And, you know, I think you are quite a different type of gallerist, you know, to the, uh, the ones I usually meet who are, uh, you know, focused on sales, you know, and... Can you share with us your inspiration behind your style of running a gallery and working with artists? You know, like what is important to you, the way you choose artists, the way you work with them, the way you present them, anything that you think is you know, uniquely your way of working as a gallerist? Well, I really think I'm interested in uh, artworks which, uh, which tell a story. And I'm interested in, uh, in sharing um, this story. Um, and then um, I'm, again, interested in contributing to something in the long term, which, of course, is something very difficult to be sure of. But um, when you really have a passion, when you believe in what you do, when you have a faith in your intuitions, um, well, this is, this is the, how you work. Uh, because we all know if we look at art history that some artists can be very successful, uh, sell very well, and then completely disappear in, uh, in, in the knowledge of the, of the people and history. Uh, while uh, we, we all know um, galleries who have uh, struggled for the recognition of uh, some uh, artists and, uh, and then really to contribute to art history. So... Um, I really believe that, uh, I mean, this is something I discovered slowly, but I really believe now that uh, 
galleries can contribute to art history. Um, my one of um, my mentor in, in this field is certainly Paul Durandel, uh, because I think everybody knows, almost everybody knows about the Impressionists. The Impressionism is probably the most well-known uh, artistic current in the world. But who knows about Paul Durandel? Not so many people. But without him, maybe nobody would know about the Impressionists today. So I think it's a very exciting and interesting uh, story, experience, uh, and uh, it, it certainly uh, inspired me uh, to be patient, to be perseverant, to work hard and not to expect to be successful uh, immediately. Another rather similar example is the example of uh, Kain Weiler, who also contributed to um, the, uh, the development of the Cubist movement. And again, you know, today everyone... Uh, uh, knows Picasso. Almost everybody knows Picasso, even if you're not, you know, knowledgeable in art. But uh, it's it this gallerist who, uh, when he saw the Demoiselle d'Avignon for the first time, oh, that's something. Uh, and uh, I think uh, it's important to, you know, to have this kind of history in mind when you struggle <laughs> in your everyday business. And would you agree that when we think about galleries, I mean, we we tend to, there is a stereotype that it's money, you know, it's money, it's sales, it's commercialism. But what I'm hearing you saying is it's a lot about the stories and the transmission of knowledge. So how the galleries establish that language and carry it forward for the bigger ecosystem. So it's, there is certainly a stereotype and, 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 and a vision that um, the world of gallery is... Uh, uh, a world of money. Yes, uh, being a gallerist, it's a business, for sure. And yes, there is a lot of money involved in the art world. We cannot say anything contrary. And in the last few years, I think um, the art business, I mean, not in the last few years, but I mean in, in a few decades, uh, the art world has become more and more, you know, a world uh, uh, for people, for VIP. Uh, which is good in a sense because probably it's something that everyone can understand, but at the same time, it, it, it doesn't reflect the, the truth of uh, most of uh, the everyday life of, of the artists and, and and the art world and artistry in, in the long run. Then, if we look at figures, uh, how many galleries really make money? There are many, many galleries in the world. And there are very, very few galleries who are sustainable. Uh, if you look at these figures again, many galleries disappear in the first five years. If they don't disappear in the first five years, they disappear after 10 years. There are very few galleries today which were existing 35 years or 50 years ago. It's very rare, which means it's, it's a very difficult business. If I had a dream, it would be, you know, to to create something which, which would last. I mean, this is the dream of many people, uh, many, many human beings. Uh, but for sure, uh, money is important. Business is important. But if you want to make money, uh, I don't think <laughs> starting a gallery <laughs> is a good and easy guess. guess and, um, 
And in my case, uh, I certainly didn't start a gallery um, to become rich. Sorry about as, that. <laughs> as, a, as a gallery, how do you uh, project the you know what the artists are trying to say through their art? How do you communicate this with the public or the audience? Like, do you have a key audience group? Like, you know, do you, for example? Uh, send these messages or share these messages with a lot of academics and like sociologists or uh, you know just collectors in general or uh, people from museums and things like this because I think with the examples you have given uh, the key I mean in my experience also is always to have someone who equally believes in the art of the artist or the movement in order to bring it even further forward, you know, like especially somebody from the museum world or something like this. How do you do your promoting? So uh, I think there are a few difficult questions in a video questions. <laughs> um, I think that spontaneously, uh, I like to share with just everyone. Uh, and to go back to the question of the art space, when I felt that it would be useful to have a permanent art space, I chose Kandara Street because it had um, a lot of advantages in reaching the proper audience uh, organically. Um, because sometimes you also have to believe in, in chance and uh, in organic development. Kandara for me was just the perfect place um, because it was close to the Malay Heritage Center. So uh, it organically, naturally capture people who come to learn about history and heritage and will stop to the gallery just by chance. Mm -hmm. And then we can talk, they can discover something they were not expecting. Mm -hmm. Then uh, it's also in a neighborhood where we can have the chance to have the visit of uh, art students. Uh, we're not far from Nafa and from La Salle. Uh, from curators, curators going to the Malay Heritage Center uh, of artists. And, and then, of course, the, the, the challenge is um, to get recognition uh, from the institutions and from the art critics. This is, I think, uh, the most important challenge. Um, this was my, uh, certainly my objective from the very beginning. Um, I would not say I had a precise uh, method, recipe, or, or strategy. Uh, I believe in uh, working uh, seriously, uh, and I think then it's a question of uh, patience and the perseverance. And at one point of time, if you work properly, people should notice what you do. Mm. Yeah. So the quality of the work really shows through in the end that whatever you build and you're channeling the intention and you're sharing it with a community that you're also, as you put out a message and they understand it and they come in to support, I think it feeds into a wider landscape of, of the intention of what you do. Um, have you found it more difficult in recent years in Singapore as you're building the gallery or has it changed? from when you first started the gallery and what you were trying to do there? 
I would not say I found it more difficult in the recent years um, because, you know, in my case, the challenge was to build uh, an image, to build a reputation. Uh, and the good news is that when you work hard and then you really, you really strive uh, to, to, to keep your direction and uh, to protect, I would say, your image, uh, to, to, to stay faithful to what you want to do, um, it works. Uh, then uh, there are some challenges like uh, the current uh, crisis with the, the, the COVID. Um, so yes, this, this is um, a difficult uh, time, but at the same time, we all know that difficult times bring new opportunities. I mean, we've experienced that wonderfully with um, uh, the um, experience uh, with the Art Galleries Association. I mean, we've been working like we have never been working before. Uh, and thank you, uh, COVID-19, we have to say that. <laughs> and uh, if in a crisis we manage to um, develop more uh, solidarity, mutual understanding and take more time for reflection and not, you know, only uh, uh, running around to go from one art fair to another art fair or, I mean, maybe maybe it's good, but anyway, we, we know we life is going from one challenge to another challenge. You know, you come from a gallery, I mean, you own a gallery that works with a lot of artists who uh, come from challenging, you know, economic situations and even social situations like in Myanmar it's, it's quite difficult you know uh, it can be difficult you know, for both artists economically and politically and all this how do you you know as a galleries uh, give them advice in the way that you work with them the relationship between the gallery and the artist because in my experience not all artists understand the function of a a gallery, you know, as opposed to a museum or an art center, you know, sometimes, uh, especially artists coming from these spaces, because they don't have much interactions with art centers and museums, you know, most of the time, and especially artists who are new or emerging, you know, they don't have this kind of professional experience. How do you help them to understand better your role and so that you can also do better for them as a gallery? Um. You know, I think um, my uh, my recipe is uh, my focus on on, on Burmese art. So uh, I've not been to Yangon once. I've not been to Yangon twice. I've not been to Yangon four times. I've been to Yangon many times, and many times for now something like uh, eight years. So. Um, uh, I believe in what you do, <laughs> maybe maybe more than in what you say. Uh, I think if I tell to the artist, this is how we should do, uh, you would not listen to me anyway. Um, no artist will listen to you. But if you show in the way you behave some uh, constituency and, and some ethics and, uh, uh, and I mean, people who just understand, you know, with the time. It's particularly complicated in Myanmar um, because uh, um, because of the language. Uh, it's not always very easy to be sure we understand the words, but in the long term, uh, 
people understand that you're really trying your best to support them. You also work with uh, quite a number of artists who are local or based in Singapore. Like they can be Singaporean or you know foreign artists who are based in Singapore as well. How how do you juggle between you know uh, your focus on artists from Myanmar as well as uh, artists who are based in Singapore? Um, I have to confess that uh, I'm much more focused on uh, artists from Myanmar than on uh, local artists. Uh, again, this is because I thought I had uh, I could better contribute by supporting artists from Myanmar than supporting artists from Singapore because there are a lot of uh, good galleries in Singapore who are, you know, representing uh, local artists. Uh, I had the chance to uh, meet uh, uh, and to discover the, the practice of a young artist whom I really uh, respect a lot. Uh, and I really try to support them as much as I can in a, in a difficult context. Um, and in, in the other thing is in Singapore there uh, is a lot of um, role that the state agencies play in the development of the art scene, you know, also in visual arts. Uh, and as galleries, you know, I think uh, we always have to negotiate this, you know, uh, role. Like whether we want to be more passive or we want to be more active and work with them more. Uh, but of course, they have certain expectations and then we have you know, other expectations? Do you find yourself sometimes caught between, you know, these uh, situations and then what do you do or you, you, or you avoid them or you know, what was your, what's your position? On, on well, I, I think I, I mainly work as what I, uh, I could call, I don't know if uh, you understand what I mean, a free electron, <laughs> <laughs> which means uh, I don't have uh, a lot of support from uh, uh, local agencies of institution, but um, I think this is also our, our role in uh, as uh, as gallerist. Uh, we also have a, a, a role in terms of uh, education, uh, sharing, transmission, which is more um, the, theoretically the role of the institution. Mm -hmm. But we can do this from a different angle, with a different perspective and with more freedom of decision. And if we don't do that, who will do it? So independence. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is something uh, I appreciate, you know, um, being a, a gallery on it. It's, it's, it's being independent. Uh, my academic background makes me cherish a lot, you know, this independence. Uh, I've never been working for a big institution in my life. Uh, I'm not going to start now. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, this is what, uh, what I can, like. Can you tell us a little bit about your academic, your background as an academic? What exactly were you, what field was it in and what did you do as an academic? Uh, um, I studied um, economics, mainly macroeconomics and, uh, and political science. And uh, this is what I uh, teach at university for actually 10 years and a bit more. Do you feel that more, as a gallerist now, do you feel that more local, at least here in Singapore academics, should uh, engage themselves with, with, with art, you know, more than what we see right now? 
Well, um, I I don't have advice to to say about that. Uh, I do I do what I feel. Uh, I think it's important to do um, in, in in this world. I think that uh, sincerity and faith in what you do is of the essence. Um, either it um, it I mean, comes I'm, organically. I'm, I'm looking at it yeah. from this perspective, yeah. right? Like, you know, if I were to study a certain culture or a certain city or place, like you know, like of course we go there and then we visit, we know people from there, we speak to them. And uh, we look at especially language, traditional culture, the economy, social life, and everything. Uh, but right now we are talking predominantly about contemporary art, right? And contemporary art is also a reflection. is a can be a super strong reflection of what is happening and the thinking uh, of respected thinkers as artists as thinkers, right? And I think I feel personally for me. Uh, here, there is a lacking in academics engaging this part of social culture uh, of a people. You know, whether it is uh, Singapore itself, or you know, from Malaysia or uh, Myanmar or Indonesia, like uh, from academics here. Because I mean, personally, I don't meet them very often in the gallery or in any galleries or in the museum. Even when I was working in the museum, you know, and I feel. A little bit sad for that, you know. Like even now, as a someone who is working in a commercial setup myself, like I'm not expecting them to buy artworks or but to have conversations, you know, to to open conversations. You know, and I personally, for me, I feel I would like to see more of them, you know, uh, even in commercial spaces, in commercial gallery spaces. Uh, there's nothing wrong with selling art, you know. It's what you do. Uh, like you said, just not your relationship with artists and the respect and, you know, uh, proving that uh, we are sincere, you know, in, in, in our work with them. What you describe is certainly uh, what was my inspiration uh, because I discovered that through contemporary art, uh, being interested in uh, history, in uh, um, the situation of a society at what point of time, in, in, in one space in the world, it's certainly, contemporary art is certainly an extremely good way to, to understand these kind of uh, problems. And I would say uh, what is interesting is, you know, it's not the opinion of uh, someone who is always biased when someone writes about something. Uh, it's just something which comes spontaneously from an artist. So it, it's a way to go more directly to what can be not the truth, but one truth about uh, a country, a place at what time. So this is what I'm excited with, you know, working in it. And that's why uh, there is a strong connection between my training, my background, my interests, and, and what I do as a gallerist. Um, well, um, I think uh, I was uh, lucky to have a, a few teachers from SMU, visited my gallery <laughs> so um, there is something to do but probably um, well you know um, I don't know I don't know but, uh, there is probably more to do uh, uh, yeah. but that's good I mean if everything was done already that would be very boring <laughs> yeah. okay so 
thank you Marie uh, for being on the Shangri-La podcast. Uh, we look forward to speaking more with you uh, in our future episodes. I think Shangri-La podcast will have a, a longer life than we expected. Um, and to share even more insights on uh, the work that you do with artists, especially from Myanmar, uh, as well as your role as a galleries educator uh, and in a way an influencer in the art scene here in Singapore. I think the value is really that learning space, to think about the gallery as a learning space and that changes how we view it in its role in the ecosystem. Thank you, Marie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.